So I remember once when I was in the Navy, we were going through a particularly difficult preparation for an inspection on the ship. Everybody was busy, everything was crazy, uh, more crazy than it, than it normally is when you're sailing in the middle of the, of the Pacific Ocean. And I ran into a colleague of mine in the passageway, and just in the course of casual conversation, I said, can I do anything for you? Do you need any help with anything? And he said, to my surprise, well, yes. And here's a list of things that you could help me with. And as he listed them, I thought of all of the other things that I actually had to do for myself, my own division, my own department, and I kind of balked, and he saw it in my face. I said, ah, uh, and he stopped, looked at me, and he said, oh, you didn't actually want to help me, did you? You were just trying to be nice. Kind of embarrassing, because he was right. I wasn't actually interested in giving him a hand, or maybe not in to the extent that he wanted, and he recognized it, and he called me out. And he was right to do so, uh, because I was in the wrong. A story that certainly relates well, I think, and easily to the gospel today. Sure, I can help you out. Sorry, just kidding. I've got more important things to do. There's a, it's a common thing uh, amongst many Catholics, and it's something that I actually appreciate uh, very much often, is when someone will, will come and say, Father... Thank you for your yes. It's a kind affirmation, isn't it? The reality that I was able to, by the grace of God, recognize his call to me to enter seminary and ultimately be ordained. And one that, uh, that amen, like we all need encouragement in our vocation at various times. But it's one also that uh, we can say causes me a little bit of fear as well partially because of stories like the one that I just told. I know that I can say yes in the moment, but I'm also very aware of moments in my life where I said it and didn't really mean it. And it's true, certainly, in my own vocation as a priest. I know that while every day I have, I have to get up and say yes again, to give myself totally and fully and completely to the vocation to which God has called me, I also know that there are moments when maybe I feel less willing or am less energetic, if you will, less interested. Why? Because, well, humanity is real. The other challenge that I have with that affirmation, thank you for your yes, is that it can lead to a tendency, at least in our own minds, to, I won't say deny, but to forget the yes that each of you has made every day as well. Because let's be honest, the vocation to marriage is at least as hard, if not more difficult, certainly at times, than the vocation to the priesthood. And parents, families, like you, you understand more readily than I do, at least in my own lived experience, the difficulties that are part of your vocation. And so if the continual yes is something that is absolutely 100% demanded of a priest, and it is, certainly it's one, again, that you as families, as spouses and parents, and even 
you young people recognize as a difficulty, a challenge, something that you have to look at and mean every single day of your lives. Because the vocation to give of ourselves, certainly in response to God's gift to us, and also to give of ourselves to our neighbor, first and foremost in our families, that's one that doesn't ever go away. The analogy that our, your, that our Lord used last week, if you recall, was of the landowner going out to hire laborers for his vineyard. And maybe you noticed, but they all said yes right off the bat. And they all went and presumably, like, gave... I mean, they, they worked hard for the whole day, at least for the part of the day that, that our Lord called them into the vineyard. Versus, in contrast to today's parable, the impetus isn't so much, I'm going to pay you for your work. That was the, at least the initial motivation. Get you out of your idleness, and I'll pay you. Great. Like everybody wants that, and there's, there's, there's no reason to, to turn that down. Versus today, when it's the Father who is asking his sons to go and work in his vineyard. Like, what's the motivation? He takes it to a deeper level. Is my motivation just to get something out of this? Or is my motivation actually a response of love to my Father, who is God, to God, who is my Father? And so the question that we get to ask ourselves this morning is very simple. Does my yes really mean yes? Have I made that commitment in my own heart? in serving my God, not as something that I have to do, or not as something that I'm just going to get paid for down the road, although it is something that I ought to do, and it is something that I will be like, more than fairly recompensed for at the end. But is it something that I respond to God my Father with as an act of love? Because I know the goodness with which He has loved me. And notice the way He pursues His sons. First, he gives the first son of freedom. God gives us total and complete freedom to either respond to him or not to respond to him. There's no coercion in the heart of the father when he asks his son to go work in the vineyard. And his son actually feels the freedom to be able to look at his father and say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. To reject him to his face. Dads, think how you would respond to your sons okay, if they looked at you and said, you know what, I'm not going to do those chores you asked me to do. It might not go over so well, well, right? Here God gives him the freedom. And the son walks away. We don't know the reason for his change of heart. Maybe he felt guilty for looking at his dad and saying, not going to do it. Maybe he overheard the response of the other son who said, yes, I'm going to go do it. And he felt bad of him. If he's going to do it, I'm going to go do it. I, like, maybe I should too. But whatever the motivation or the reason was, we know that it was because his father gave him the freedom to reject him. He allowed him to be his own person. He invited him out of a gift of love, indicating, implying that, you know, it's better to work for me and with me in my vineyard than it is to go off and do your own thing. He appealed to his identity as the son. Somehow that was, was essential, we can say in the conversion of heart for that first son. Then you have the second son, 
the father's love is shown just as much in his response to the second son. Because we know the second son, well, it's the chief priests and the elders, those who say yes and have said yes. And frankly, those who in this moment think they're doing the father's will, even though they are not. And so even though in the parable, the father doesn't go to the second son and say, hey, why didn't you work in my vineyard? What's going on? Our Lord, who is represented in the, in, the, in the parable by the Father, does come to the chief priests and the elders, and he continues to pursue them. He continues to pursue them and invite them. In this case, he challenges them to work in the vineyard. You see, the, prerequis- the prerequisite for working in the vineyard is a certain humility. It's a response to that invitation of God. Because let's be honest, neither the tax collectors nor, that's, that's Matthew, by the way, who wrote this gospel, neither the, the tax collectors nor the prostitutes nor the chief priests or the elders, none of them are working in the vineyard before Christ comes. None of them are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the chief priests and the elders, well, while they think they do, they're very clearly unwilling to be associated with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. When our Lord says, you have to be associated with them, you have to recognize that neither them nor you have been working in the vineyard. They're completely unable and unwilling to do so because of their lack of humility. And so while the sin of the first son, who says, I'm not going to work in your vineyard, that's what brings about his own humility. Maybe you've experienced that in your own lives. When you have a big fall, you make a mistake, do something that, I know I shouldn't have done that. We're humbled, we're humiliated by the reality of our sin. That humility is what allows for the possibility of conversion and ultimately repentance. But if I haven't had a gigantic fall, if I've maybe done a pretty good job, so to speak, with my life in various ways, sometimes I have to be called out. I have to be helped along that path to recognize that I too needed the Savior. I too need the Savior. And so that's that's how our Lord responds to those chief priests and the elders, ultimately to encourage them. Well, how does he say it in the second reading today from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians? Having you the same attitude that's also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped, You see, the chief priests and the elders think they've managed to to gain equality with God, and they're holding on to it as tightly as they possibly can, because by their own abilities, they want to be saved. And the Lord says, you can't be saved that way. So that's why he allows them, or he challenges them to be humbled. He challenges them to be humiliated, allow themselves to be humiliated, and accept the forgiveness and the redemption and the salvation that Christ himself offers. Christ is the one who emptied himself. Being willing to to be known as an equal of those tax collectors and prostitutes, that's why he goes to the cross, tossed outside the city, totally rejected, accounted accounted as a sinner, even though he wasn't. See, that's the place where we find our salvation. And so John comes to them in the way of righteousness, calling them out in the same way that Christ does in this moment. The way of righteousness is what we're all called to, and it's a beautiful reality. 
It's one that doesn't over, overemphasize the sort of rigid following of all the rules perfectly for the sake of my own salvation. But neither does it reject all of the rules. Those are the two sons. The one rejects them and the other thinks he has to do it perfectly and then doesn't. Rather, it lives in a certain harmony with the will of God. One that responds to the love of the Father as he has shown it to me in my life. And so if today we're willing to come before God our Father in gratitude, recognizing what he has offered to me, what he has done for me, and hear again the call to work in his vineyard, we want to respond in the same way that Christ responded, with a yes, a yes that means yes. In him, St. Paul says, there's only yes, not yes and no, there's only yes in Christ. And if that yes is what permeates my entire life, if that yes is what gives meaning to my entire life, I'll respond to all of those temptations, all the sinful desires, in exactly the way that Christ would. I respond by clinging first to the cross, and by holding on to that cross, I'm drawn into the vineyard, the vineyard where I work with and for my Heavenly Father, who loves us and draws us to himself.